0: And I think that a lot of really amazing artisan retailers and creators of products um, that are out there that have small businesses because of geographical restrictions or tech not serving them correctly, it's not right. Like it, it, that problem needs to be solved.
1: Hello and welcome to the last episode of Season 2 of the First 10 Podcast. I can't believe we're at the end of Season 2 already. I'm your host, Connor McCarthy, and in each episode I interview business builders on their first 10 customers, who they were, how they found them, how they talked to them, and what effect they had on their business, so that you can learn what worked and what didn't. So I'm really, really excited to be releasing this episode It's somewhat different from past episodes when I interview other people about their businesses because in this episode I'm the actual business builder. I'm co-founding a company with Brian Kenny from Minicorp. He was my guest all the way back. He was episode one of season one of this podcast. The company we are forming together is called Subscription Club and we create simple e-commerce subscription management software for your business that's branded beautifully and helps you continue and deepen the relationship with your customers online. So, this episode is obviously quite meta. The First 10 podcast turns into an interview with the host, who is currently finding his first 10 guests. I guess this is kind of like building in public. We talk about the origin story of Subscription Club, about approaching our first flagship customer, and what it means to put the customer at the center of your brand. Let's get to it. So, this isn't the normal podcast, Brian. Brian was guest number one on the podcast. Remember remember that all of the, what was it, October, November 2020, all those months ago. I sure do. And
0: uh it's absolutely fantastic to be back again and to having the the chats with your good self. Um I really enjoyed that first podcast and it's fantastic to see where the podcast has gone since then. So wonderful and congratulations.
1: Thanks a million. Yeah thanks for for kicking it off. And it's great to have you back on now because you've got even six months it seems like a long time, but we've been cooking something up together. That's pretty exciting. And so we thought it'd be interesting to do an episode where we, we talk about it live and we'll see where it goes because we're definitely in the first 10 stage. Little drum roll. The company is called Subscription Club. Maybe you'd like to tell us what Subscription Club is all about.
0: Absolutely. And it is amazing to to be finally talking about it. I think it's been a culmination of a lot of work over the, the past couple of months, but um, I guess to introduce it, I'll actually go back to the problem that was always irking me. And that was, if you're today to take a, let's say a traditional, you know, high brand, high identity business, the type of business that when you walk into their physical retail store, the either the founder or the staff um, will wave to you and say, hi, Brian, God has been, you know, haven't seen you in a while. How's the kids? Um, are you having the regular kind of Latte or or coffee or you know they just have this unreal connection and bond with each of their customers and really have that as a huge priority and importance in their brand and identity, even to a point that it would be such a huge factor for them when they're uh, recruiting or hiring staff members in across different retail stores, for example. And the one thing that always kind of caught me is that hasn't really translated well into the digital environment to a point that that same feeling from both the customer and the brand because honestly the founders need it as much as the consumers need it um, doesn't seem to translate so well and I think it's an amazing problem to try to solve and it's going to you know take many different facets and many different um, elements in order to solve it properly. But the one that we've really honed in on initially is within subscriptions. So as we've all hit um, COVID and the pandemic, I think that whole area of the facilitation of the connection between the business and the consumer and moving that to a virtual environment is being felt by all. And trying to now ride that wave where number one, the customer gathers this amazing convenience while still having the connection with the business. But number two, the business is no longer geographically constrained. So let's say you had your four or five different businesses in the middle of, um, you know, retail stores in the middle of Dublin city or, or wherever it might be. Your The majority of your customers would come from the surrounding areas versus if we can bring that into a more virtual environment, the you know, the capability and the the geographic restrictions are are removed. And that's amazing because these businesses, they need that. You know, they're doing such wonderful curation and really caring about their customers and their products so much that why shouldn't they have the full wheel of um, total addressable market and so on um, to them? So that's the goal. The goal of Subscription Club initially is to help those businesses to connect with their consumers um, in, a way, in a way that feels akin to what they're used to, but from a consumer point of view, for them to feel connected with the brand and that same feeling of when they walk into the shop, if that makes mm. sense.
1: Yeah, I love it. I mean, and, and we've obviously had many conversations about this. And I, I think that the thing that keeps coming back to me is, is white glove service. Like, how can you, as a, as a business owner, provide more of a white glove service to your customers, especially to the ones who love your product and the way you do business and the brand that you've established? Because it's, it's all well and good to sell someone something. But if you can, if you can like really make them feel like there's a, a deeper relationship there, that there's a connection, that they really matter, I think it's a pretty powerful thing for any brand to be able to do.
0: And even when you think about that, and extrapolate it a bit further. So this has been happening for years where, let's say Brian walks into a wine shop, he knows Sarah, who's, you know, been the owner of that wine shop for so long, and says, Brian, you normally like a Burgundy, or you like this type of wine or whatever it is, um, but you've never really tried one like this before. Uh, here's your regular two bottles um, that you would normally take plus let's try you know try this one as well and and come back and tell me what it was like that in a subscription model is what we really want to aim towards where uh, number one the business owner gets to understand what is the customer's behavior and habits what type of products do they like and what you know what what are they really in love with within my business and how can i bring them on a journey you know as we start to think about releasing new products or new services can i beta test it as what we're now calling it in, in virtual land but realistically it's can i slide that different bottle of wine to uh, heighten the experience for the customer and then can i get feedback from them to say God, that bottle of wine was amazing. Do you have anything similar? Could you recommend something else to me? Um, and to really, you know, it, it just increases that bond yet again.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. And it's, it's, it's true from the, from the brand's point of view, There's it's a huge signal when when someone decides to sign up for a subscription offer of your product. I mean, talk about putting your hand in the air. This is like both hands waving at you. I love what you do. And, and that's a kind of an extra special marketing channel, I suppose you'd call it. And not to get you know, too technical on it, but that in terms of relationships, like those, those are the people that will they will give anything that you put out a shot and they will give you probably the best, the highest quality feedback that you can get on, on what you do, on your brand, on your customer service, on your new offerings, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. So the, you know, statistically churn rates and, and lifetime value of customers and the connection between the customer and the brand is heightened to a phenomenal degree through this. Um convenience comes in at a huge factor here as well, where Um, If you are to think about those businesses, cash flow is king and making sure that they can, uh, first of all, forecast correctly and accurately to know how many subscribers do I have this month? uh, What do I want to increase it by? And allowing the consumer to say, yeah, I really want this to be a recurring thing where I don't have to drive down to the shop or I don't have to worry about uh, replenishment or anything like that. It just arrives. Both parties want this. And I think... Because of day-to-day life of running um, a shop, it can be really, really difficult to go. God, you know what? If I just automatically sent this out to Brian every single week, he'd probably love that, you know. Um, but instead, we're worried about uh, inventory or marketing or rewards or something else. Mm. Um, so, I think just helping that on on the business side is a huge plus to revenue and cash flow and and business growth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean the the, the convenience you can't you can't shortchange the convenience factor of this. There's a, there's a wonderful, I mean, I, I, I definitely have a lot of Seth Godin in my background and he wrote the book called Permission Marketing. And I think I, we talked early on about, hey, this was like a form of permission marketing. Like you're, if you're a brand, your customers are giving you permission to, to send them the, their product. So, so it's, you know, the definition of permission marketing is personal, relevant, anticipated. So it's personal because it's a brand they love. It's relevant because it's the it's the items they want, and it's anticipated because they've said ahead of time. Look, this is something I need to have. Sign me up and just take the money out of my account. <laughs> well, actually, that's the holy grail, isn't it? Please take my money.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and it's 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 so strange. I don't know whether um, it just feels like a a strange irk in some people, but. Um, the consumers actually want this to happen. Um, but for some reason, we we find it strange as business owners to go in for the ask. And I think just uh, offering it and saying, hey, if you wanted, it, it's there. Um, as we've launched and kind of gone through our beta process and, and got our launch customers, we now see such a significant uptake in how people are reacting to it. And there's a yes, you know, like people are mad to see it. Um, but there's also, you know, one of the biggest things that we've, strive to do is just really to get the basics completely right so when you take out a subscription um, after reviewing multiple different products in the past um, things like pausing subscriptions or uh, i'm going on holidays for a couple of weeks or um, i want to have coffee delivered to both my house and to my work um, multiple locations All of these really basic uh, technology, simplistic things to do never seem to be done really well. Um, So accomplishing that seemed to be a a big hurdle. And then number two is to allow content to be paired with product. Um, And what we're trying to accomplish around that is really, if you took, let's say, the the wine scenario there, um, a person may subscribe to a wine club, let's say, And at the very beginning, they get sent out three bottles of wine. But tell me more about those bottles of wine. You know, send out an email to myself and tell me about Pablo and his vineyard and why he grows these grapes and why his family cares so much about the heritage of the vineyard and where it's coming from. And that connection past the retailer and into the actual product is another leap forward where Pablo is now seeing the knock-on and economic effects of subscriptions um, down to the consumer level. Um, so, yeah, lots lots of fun to be uncovered in the next while.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's interesting to see once you open this door, you know, we've we've talked to a good few companies at, at the moment, many of whom had this on their roadmap, and they, they couldn't figure out a way to do it um, simply, I guess, or to, to the, the degree that they wanted. So it's great to be having that conversation with them where it's like, we've got the solution. And actually, just let's talk for a moment maybe about you know, this is the first 10 customers. So people might be curious about how we're going about finding our first 10 customers.
0: Yeah. So I think um, it was strange. It was something that came up in a, on another call with myself earlier today. Um, so I obviously run a digital product agency, and we work with lots of different early stage or conceptual ideas. And we tend to see three different... Uh, mediums, let's say, or or paths on how they accomplish the first version of their product. Number one is true investment. So either going to an accelerator an incubator looking for a grant, um, some sort of early stage capital to help them to direct their attention fully to the idea and to push it forward. The second is to bootstrap it, um, to, you know, either have saved enough for your salary or to uh, ask for friends and family to support you um, in order for you to build the first version of the product and then eventually to bring it to market. Or number three, what we've done here with Subscription Club, and that is to take the idea um, to build a pitch and to build a set of UI designs as to what we're trying to accomplish, where we can tell a story easily to a potential set of um, clients that we'd love to work with or retailers that we'd love to work with, and to not have built anything at all, really, at the very beginning. And to say, is enough people or are enough people reacting to this favorably and saying, God, if I had that, that would be fantastic. Let's do that. And when we heard that, yes, more than once, and we know that there is a Early validation that's coming through there now. Now it's time to start to think about building, um, working with that early customer to say, Do you want to push the button? Like, is this something, is it all talk or are, like, do you really believe in it as much as we do? Because uh, cards on the table, this is a new company um, and we would really, really love to do this together with yourselves. Like, it would be heaven. And for them to turn around and say yes, and for us to um, make sure. that they're understanding that they're a golden customer they will never be forgotten by ourselves they have our full backing and support in subscription club to be a part of this journey well into the future Um, and to bring the product to market together as a force um, has just been phenomenal and to bring that to the next retailer and the next retailer and to see such a positive response continually growing from there means that number one we get to learn, like we get to intimately have conversations with these retailers to say, what are we getting right? What are we getting wrong? What resonates with you and what doesn't? Adapting the product based on their feedback to a certain degree. So caveat point on that of we want to do 80 or 90% of the workload for subscriptions perfectly for the majority of retailers. Those ten or twenty percent idios, idiosyncrasies that are specific to a retailer, we're not going to do because we, it's a mass product. It's something we want to bring to market uh, across the board. Um, but yeah, to, to see that support, to see to see the product launch, to see um, clients using it and, and coming on board, um, has been a, a wonderful experience.
1: Yeah, it it is. God, the furious note taking that we've been doing in in some of those meetings because y- you don't know how people are consider subscriptions or how this is going to land with their audience. And of course, the brands we're talking to are rightly, uh, I suppose, protective of of who this is going out to and how it's going out. So it's great to have that kind of feedback for us to go. You know, oh, what else do we need to? What else do we need to build into this to to make sure that we're providing something now? As, as fast as possible, that's of highest quality that we can think of. And over time, I suppose making like collecting all this feedback together, noticing the patterns of what people want and building those things in until, as you say, do we get to that 80, 90%? Oh yeah. This is something that everyone wants and needs. So we're going to, that's what we're going to do. A moment ago, you talked about like bringing, bringing a set of designs out to show people and the designs which you did which were fantastic they were to look at them you would kind of go oh this is built and up and running and this is fantastic looking because the the i guess the imagination that went into them of what a subscription and what would an excellent subscription service could be told the story it was like oh this i can i can see myself using this product by the quality of of those original designs i think that really helped yeah um
0: so I, th- I think it's something that i've learned from my my own history when i was doing the in-flight entertainment company and that's um if you're selling b2b paint a picture and and tell a tell a story and tell a narrative um so if, if you, you can imagine extremely busy uh, business owner who is in the middle of covid and everything is uncertain and times are really difficult right like it's 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 really difficult for everybody at the moment. Help them to understand the concept in as few slides as possible. So even with um, the likes of White Mouse, who, the the first launch customer, um, adapting the designs to be completely on brand and exactly as it will be when we launch with them helps them to understand, ah, okay, completely get that. Like I can imagine that being live tomorrow and it's pixels and it's just design and that's grand. Um, But it helps them to get a full understanding of what what this is. And I think, uh, you know, picture tells a thousand words and and all of that. Um, It's just, it's so much simpler and it becomes so much easier. And it takes all of 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning of any uh, pitch to a new client to adapt the brand, adapt the identity, um, make sure that you have it all put into place, and do a comprehensive pitch. Put on, put in the time and effort if it's the deal that you want to see have happen, um, because it just it, it makes things run so much smoother.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's it's like that. Um it's like the thing you see when people are saying, you know, how do you become more relatable w- when you're in a conversation? It's like use the other person's name a lot. People love to hear their own name, but that kind of goes the same for a brand, you know, like to to use uh, a brand's own assets, I suppose, or you know, to do to do that bit of research where you kind of go, I understand a lot about this brand now because I've done the work. So when I'm on that call, when we're talking about things, I feel like we're having a, I feel like I have a relationship already. Instead of, I mean, like cold, cold anything is it's, it's a tough, it's a tough game to play and it doesn't work for obvious reasons in the most, for the most part. But yeah, to your point, like putting in that little bit of extra work up front to understand what their needs might be and then to, to do some matching, I think is time well spent.
0: 100%. So I think, uh, I think it's something that I would have said in in episode one, which is if you're looking for those first 10 customers, so those 10 customers to me are absolute golden customers, as in they should be appreciated for the the lifetime of the, the product, essentially, um, to say a thank you for believing in something that was in its infancy, and we've all brought it to market, and just a, a big thank you. Um, that said, uh, you must do as much research as possible to figure out, is the alignment correct? And what I mean by that is, um, if we go for an absolutely huge retailer out the bat and say, um, we're trying to launch Subscription Club, here's what it looks like with your brand and identity and everything, and they turn around and say, yes, we're just, like, we're not ready for that volume, that scale, that size. Um, so choosing the top 10 customers where, or your first 10 customers where you've done diligent research to figure out, number one, how do they fit into your product roadmap? Um, so do you have polarizing different types of um early stage customers where they're in different industries or different markets or you're trying to validate different parts of your business. Um number 2, can you grow well together? You know, can you can you start to market together, can you tell a story together? All of these things where you need to do all of the groundwork initially to make sure that it fits and then go in for the the pitch all behind the scenes. And then the third point that I had on that has now just completely jumped out of my mind, but it was it will come back to me.
1: yeah that's okay yeah the i I think what's also been surprising about working with white mouse let's say that's that's our, our first client who's out there and people can i'll add the link in the show notes obviously people can go and check check out what we do live um what was really interesting was the you know the initial conversations turned into even more conversations where we got an amazing opportunity to look at the to kind of go one or two steps below the surface and see how they operate. Because what we're doing needs to integrate with a few different parts of their business. And that was a great way to, I suppose to kind of non-judgmentally look at the business and kind of go, Oh, this is brilliant. Like how else can we help? Like you've got a big operation. They're very successful at what they do. Uh, They've got a fantastic brand. And it was, it was great to just kind of look behind the scenes and, and see a brand that started it was it was a bootstrap brand and 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 now they've grown uh, to, to what they are and they're they're growing still but I suppose to kind of have that access and have that trust and it's great because we as much as we want our retailers to improve their relationship with their customers, we also want to have a high relationship business with our retailers. So it's it's high relationship all the way up up the chain.
0: Absolutely. And I think, yeah, going back to that third point, the third point is really, you know, as we we launch, you see such an influx of other companies who would love to have subscription club, but we also need to push the brakes and to say not too much too quickly. Um, Performance, reputation and doing a diligent job comes paramount at the very beginning. And, you know, it's not saying throw up a, a brick wall and say no, um, but saying, you know, we're releasing this in a stage over a period of time and we'll onboard you over that process. But not letting everybody just influx and join the product and kind of getting getting blown away with that. Hmm. Um, from the other side, looking at the the back office or the, the back of house, um, even with uh, White Moussou or uh, lots of different businesses, you know, Subscriptions for us is only the very beginning or the very surface of where this whole venture goes into. So we really want to push this into the complete unified commerce arena. So everything from we start with subscriptions, but if Brian walks into a retail store from one of those businesses, they should know who I am. There should be a complete... Um, cohesive nature to the whole thing from a consumer's point of view. We know that you're Brian, we know that you're on your subscription, we know that you're connected with this whole plan. Uh, Everything from the point of sale device down to inventory management and pre-order or even rewards and loyalty, the whole comprehensive nature of making sure that brands that are high touch and intimately care about their customers have a full, comprehensive platform that lets them continue that relationship with those customers in a virtual capacity as well as a physical one, which is going to be amazing to do. I'm really pumped to get stuck into that.
1: Yeah, this is this is the the the, the big goal, which I love. It's this kind of 360 degrees relationship focused e-commerce, which is which is amazing. That I I don't know. You know, Every now and again, you'll buy something online or you'll engage with some service and they'll do something nice. There'll be some nice little, oh, that's actually, that's quite, nice. but like there needs to be more of that. There needs to be a, a deeper ingrained sense of this customer is now part of our world and everything in our world should be in service of that customer. Um, so yeah, connecting all the dots and all the different parts of businesses together so that the customer is at the center is just, yeah, I love, I love that part of it. I think it's going to be really exciting.
0: Yeah, I think there's such an overlap between, uh, if you look at creators or like a Patreon and YouTube subscriptions and all of these other elements where essentially you're subscribing to um, to help or to to essentially to, to grow that creator um, over a period of time and to show your support. Support is a perfect word that eluded me there. Um, And that that creator is is doing that that thing. Like they're they're creating something and bringing it to the world. And you're showing your support and saying, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to the world. And I think that a lot of um, really amazing artisan um, retailers and creators of products um, that are out there that have small businesses because of geographical restrictions or uh, tech not serving them correctly is just... It's not right. Like it, it, that problem needs to be solved. Where um, there is some continuation, there is some mushroom outside of that, um, where we can still facilitate that connection between the retailer and that customer, and even just the discovery element alone is just really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. There's um, what was the stats since since COVID? I mean, COVID has accelerated so much, but something like e-commerce has gone from five percent to thirty percent of. Of online wow. business. Yeah. Something like that. It's like, it's, it's, it's huge. A lot of people have been forced kind of against their will. Um, to set up, there's a lot of new Squarespace shops out there, a lot of new Shopify and WordPress shops that we're seeing. Um, but I think n- no matter who it is, this is, it's, it's surprising where subscriptions fit in for people.
0: Yeah. And even, you know, like the the grandiose nature of where retail is going is really interesting to myself. So, you think about those high street shops and things, um, it's becoming such a curation from now on, where it's not necessarily just a single branded store. It will be a curator who owns the store and, you know, um, stocks many different types of products from many different areas. And I think that's going to be really interesting where there's certain products that people want to go in and have a look and feel at and to just, just to figure out whether that's a product that they want to buy, but they leave that store with, yes, that's for me or no, that isn't for me. And that relationship should continue from that period on, as in they've gotten that validation, they feel the connection with the brand, let that um, now kind of bond happen between the, the consumer and the, the brand from then on so mm. I think subscriptions is a absolutely fantastic place to start um, where number one from a retailer's perspective or from a business's perspective, solid cash flow, uh, predictable cash flow um, connection to your customer where you feel that one-on-one with them you can pop them an email you can ask for feedback you can be a part of the relationship which is huge. Um, And then from a consumer point of view to feel that same connection with the brand to go, I'm supporting that business. Um, It's coming. It's convenient to me all of the time. Um, I can pause it when I go on holidays. I can cancel it. If I don't need it, I can use multiple locations. um, And I just, you know, it it seems to fit perfectly to be the first part of our journey. I think.
1: I love it. I think that's a great place to to wrap up and there will be, more episodes like this because we're on our first ten journey we Woo. are I'll, again I'll include White Mesu in the show notes uh, we're, we're, are, we're working with our second customer at the moment and that's a lot of fun uh, and there'll they'll be more so I'll, I'll pepper in more episodes where we can update the audience on what we're doing thanks a million Brian great to chat to you
0: absolutely fantastic um, yeah thanks a million for having me on again it's an <laughs> absolute joy to chat
1: And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that there was something in there that was actionable and insightful for your business. Do check out the show notes for more information on what we discussed, as well as ways to contact my guest. And it would really make my year if you could help me grow the podcast by leaving a rating or even a review. Helping you identify and create those first 10 customers is what I do. So if you like what you hear on this podcast and want more information, including a bunch of free resources on how to find your first customers and grow your business, do check out First ten podcast.com, that's ten one zero, or find me on Twitter at the first ten pod.